Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Koslowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. And same applies to any professional who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Light the Fight. As always, I'm your host, David, and we are brought to you, as always, from 1-800-CONTACTS and also Lingo Eyewear. If you need great prescription glasses or great prescription sunglasses, please go to www.lingoeyewear.com backslash light the fight and use promo code light the fight for $30 off your very first order. They'll get you fitted with great looking glasses that are great for you. And you spell lingo L I I N G O eyewear.com backslash light the fight. Today's episode, I'm going to be giving you a little tool out of my tool belt. Now this tool I'm going to be sharing with you today. Some of you that have been in, um, private therapy sessions with me, or private coaching sessions with me throughout the years, and I've used what I call my family business model, you will recognize this. This is a tool for my family business model. So just to break uh, all this down for you guys that have been longtime listeners from Light the Fight, um, I don't think I've ever quite said it like this, but I'll explain it to you. So I, David Kozlowski, am a licensed marriage and family therapist. For many years, I had to earn my licensure, meaning I had to go to graduate school. After graduate school, I had to get 4,000 hours, not 400, not 40, not 44, but 4,000 hours of working with individuals, couples, um, families in general in my scope of practice. So I have a master's degree in counseling psychology my license is marriage and family therapy, even though I specialize with youth, per, specifically teenagers and adults, I also work with adults individually, but my specialty has mostly been with young adults, teenagers, and their families. In all the years I've been working with them, I developed my own style based upon how, or just based upon what worked for me. So in graduate school, you study lots of different type of therapeutic approaches, Lots of different what are called models, meaning a bunch of smart people, research. They put these models together. They tested these models. They figured out, here's the best parts of the models. They turn that into a therapeutic approach. After they turn that into a therapeutic approach, they write books. They uh, teach people about it. And then some people go to this theory of their school. So whatever their approach is, whatever their theory is, whatever their model is, a lot of people will say, hey, that makes sense to me. I could use that in my practice, or I could call myself this type of a therapist. So for example, a lot of therapists are cognitive behavioral therapists. Um, there's other approaches out there. The ones that I use the most is called cognitive behavioral and also narrative therapy. I dabble in other different types of approaches, meaning I borrowed information from them throughout the years, but I had to come up with my own style throughout the years that worked for me as many long-term therapists and professionals, professional clinicians and mental health do. Our profession, even though we use science, information, and research, it is quite an art form to connect with people and to help them. So my approach that I developed throughout the years is called a relationship-based model or relationship approach. Now, it's something I created over a long period of time. I took notes of things that I liked, things that I didn't think worked very well, at least for my style. 
And throughout the years of doing my relationship model, my relationship approach, I came up with certain uh, subcategories underneath it. So when I work with families or when I work with business professionals who have a family, I use this thing called the family business model. Uh, in the future, I will be talking more about the family business model. And for those of you coaches and therapists out there that would like to know more about it and possibly even get a certification in my style of therapy that will be provided in the future. And as I mentioned, I'll talk about that once all that's said and done, but I'm currently working on it. But for now, the reason why I'm breaking it down to you is that this tool that I'm going to be sharing with you is a part of my family business model. My family business model is a specific approach that I use helping families, more specifically business owners, business professionals, or just, you know, people who are entrepreneurs, stuff like that. They seem to gravitate towards this model a lot. That model comes from my relationship-based model, which is a model that I've always said is very basic in its concept. Life is all about relationships. The quality of your relationships will always determine the quality of your life. So now you know I went to graduate school. I figured out all this information that I liked in graduate school that I wanted to use. I get into private practice for 4,000 hours before I become fully licensed. I'm working, I'm being supervised, and I'm kind of figuring out what works and what doesn't work. I take things from my supervisor, other mentors that I had, when I get my full certification, when I get all my licensure done, that means I've accomplished graduate school, 4,000 hours. Then I start getting into figuring out my own style. My own style is the relationship model. And then the things I'm talking about today are pieces that come from that model. I know that was a big mouthful, but I think you mental health professionals out there, you coaches, uh, people that are curious about how does a therapist and a counselor even decide how to do therapy? Or if there's different types of therapy, how do they decide what works best for them? I just figured out that focusing on relationships, putting relationships first, my relationship with my client, their important relationships in their life, figuring out what is off in those relationships, how to improve those relationships, and what relationships they lack the most in, focusing on those things, that has gotten me the best results in long-term success for my clients. Now, they could have different types of diagnosis. They could have different types of issues, but always putting the relationship first helped me develop my own thing. This tool that I'm sharing with you today, this tool is called the Board of Directors, or more specifically, how to teach your child how to be the chairman of their own board. So if you're familiar with what a Board of Directors is, it's usually a large group of people that govern over or oversee the main operations and main functions of a business. They may not be doing all the day-to-day -day operations. So usually on a board of directors, there might be, uh, like say, the chairman of the board. The chairman of the board, that person oversees the entire board, but they may have a big interest in the company's day-to-day -day operations. In fact, they may have a position in the company as they serve as the chairman of the board. That's not always the case. Sometimes the chairman of the board has nothing to do with the day-to-day -day operations. But in this analogy, I just wanted to share with you that if you are going to teach your kid how to be the chairman of, the, of their own board, they first need to know what it is, what a chairman of the board is supposed to do. And in this case, the chairman of the board is not going to be just in charge of the board of directors. It's going to be a part of their normal day-to-day -day life. How this works is you tell your child... Now, I usually tell people to do this with middle-aged school kids and up. Sometimes with younger age kids, they don't quite get the, the point of this or they don't see how this could benefit them. doesn't mean you can't do it with your kid if they're 
pretty quick-witted and, and they're smart. Maybe they're a couple of years ahead of most kids their age. But to make your kid the board of directors, it starts off with you helping them identify when they come up against difficult situations, when they have big decisions to make, that you are not the person that you always want them to come to. You're not the person that's going to have all the answers. Now, if you're listening to this and you're a parent and you're thinking, well, I want my kids to come with me, to come to me for everything that they got going on. And I want them to know that they can always come to me. Well, first of all, those are two different things. Wanting your child to come to you about everything they have going on in their life is different from your child believing that they could come to you for everything they have going on in their life, especially if it's a big thing. I think it's more realistic to teach your kids how to use multiple resources, how to weigh in with different types of people to get different input. As much as I would like my kids to always take my advice, I'm very aware that I'm not going to always have the best advice on every subject. If my kids want to know how to build a house, fix a car, do anything that requires like manly type stuff, they're not going to come to me. And I will tell them, do not come to me. Daddy talks about feelings for a living. Daddy does not build homes. He helps fix them. Okay. So with my kids, I don't want them to come to me for everything. You as an adult, you also do not want your kids to come to you for everything. One, because if you, they come to you for everything, they're only get one perspective on how to solve problems and how to deal with situations. Two, there's going to be certain topics that your kids are obviously not going to feel comfortable talking to you about, maybe because they're fearful of your reaction, maybe because they know that you don't have a lot of experience in that category. So it's important to let your kids know to start this conversation off that this conversation is to help them throughout life, not to discount that you don't want to help them or that you won't always be there for them, but you want them to know that you will be there for them, but you may not always the best be the best person for them to use in every situation. It breaks down like this. Pull your child in, tell your kid, hey, listen, from now on, and this is very important for you to do this when there is not a big issue on hand or on deck. When they come to you with big problems, this is not the time to do it. So you set this up when there's not a big issue. Maybe it's right after there's a big life decision they had to make. Maybe they wanted to switch schools and maybe in this situation, it was really up to them if they wanted to switch schools or not. You couldn't make this decision for them. If you've been familiar throughout your life with what happens if you always give your kids information and tell them what you think that they should do, sometimes it will become dependent upon you just telling them what to do. But other times, if you tell them what to do and they just get used to just doing what you tell them what to do and what you tell them what to do turns out to be not great advice, you could be to blame for it. And you may just sit there as a parent and think, oh, what did I do? I just gave you advice. I was just trying to help. Yeah, I didn't give you the right information, but I didn't do it on purpose. This is a way you can teach them independent living skills and how to use other people and other resources. So you bring them in for the conversation. You tell them you want them to from now on start seeing themselves as the chairman of their own board of directors. You explain to them what that means is that they should have a group of people that they trust in their life that they can go to to get information and ideas of how to handle difficult life situations. Those group of people should be different types of people. In your board of directors, you should have two friends or two peers of some sort. And you should have three adults. I always suggest five people. Two peers is important because you get two different types of people that are about your same age that could weigh in 
on whatever you're trying to decide or your decision you're trying to make. They also have to be two peers that you already have a deep relationship with that you believe, now this is you telling your kids, that you that they believe these two friends have been there for them, always seem to just want the best for them and don't really have anything uh, at stake. Sometimes you may have a close friend or your kid may have a close friend, but that close friend is a little jealous of your kid for some reason. Maybe your kid's really attractive. Maybe your kid's really talented. And this is a good friend, but this kid may not always give the best advice because they're a little jealous. So tell your kids, when you pick two friends, you pick two people that are pretty even. They're not always trying to tell you to jump off the cliff and they're not always trying to tell you to be super safe. Kind of in the middle. Kind of type of friends like, well, if you jump off, you better have an ambulance close by because you might get hurt. <laughs> or, uh, you know, it's probably best you be safe in this situation. You can jump, but you got a game tomorrow, so you may not want to take that risk. Those types of friends. They don't really try to push you in one direction or another. Then three people, you should tell your kids, I want you to have three people that are older than you. Aunt, uncle, former teacher. Uh, could definitely be one of the parents. I, I usually say, you know, maybe have one parent for certain situations, another parent for other situations. But one parent should be on your board of directors. Tell them the same thing. You go to these adults, just like you go to these kids, and you ask them, hey, would you be on my board of directors? They will ask you, what do you mean? Say, well, I, I just want to be able to ask people what they think I should do when I have serious decisions to make in my life. Some kids, a serious decision at 12, 13 years old could be to quit playing one sport and start another or to start something that they've never done before and that thing's going to take away their time and attention from school and other areas. So you want someone that you can go to with this information. So once you tell your kids you want to pick two peers, three adults as your board of directors, then their second step is to go to those people and communicate to them, say, will you please be on my board of directors? Tell them to tell the people that it's not going to require a lot of time, a lot of effort. I just want you to know that if I reach out to you, I'm going to say, hey, listen, as one of my board of directors, remember the conversation we had? I have a situation. I would like you to give me some sort of advice or your first initial thoughts based upon what you know of me and maybe based upon your own personal experiences. After they do that part, they get agreements from the person. Say, yes, I'd be totally happy to do that. Say, thank you. I appreciate it. And then just let them know. I don't know when I'm going to need you, but when I do, I just want you to weigh in. Now, when your kid needs help, when your kid is in need of making a decision, even if this is a decision that's not necessarily a life-threatening decision or the hugest decision in their life, when they bring that to you, I want you to sit there and listen to it and go, huh, okay, wow, this, man, so you want me to weigh in on this? Yeah, I do. I, I want you to tell me what you think. Okay. I'm just curious. Have you gone to your board of directors yet? Have you asked your board what they think? Some of your kids, just like some of my clients, will respond like this. Uh, no, I mean, I didn't want to bother them. It's not really that big of a deal. Well, you may not think it's that big of a deal. Or maybe it is that big of a deal, but you want to hurry up and make a quick decision. Some of the advice, OGs, older people, wiser, been there, done that, may give you is to not make a quick, rash decision or an emotional decision. Now, the opposite is not good either. You want to tell your kids that making a quick decision is, you know, could be problemsome, but also not taking the time or, or taking too much time to make a decision and just being stuck and just 
you know, can't make, you know, can't pull the trigger on anything. That's not necessarily good either. So tell your kids, have you talked to your board of directors? Have you ran it by them? If you do not get three solid, yes, I think that's a good decision. It's up to you as the chairman of the board to, to decide, man, am I really going to make a decision even after four or five people on my board of directors has told me it might not be the best move or maybe they didn't tell me what to do or what not to do, but they were definitely leaning towards, I might want to wait longer on this. I may not want to do this quite yet. Promise your kids that they still get to make the final decision because they are the chairman of the board. The chairman of the board gets the final stay, say. But the chairman of the board is also smart enough to ask everybody for their input. And that's ultimately what the board of directors is meant to do. So a quick little breakdown. Tell your kids about what a board of directors is. Tell your kids that they should be the chairman of their own board. Then explain to your kids that they should pick out five different people in their life that they trust, two peers and three adults, that when they have big decisions in their life to go and ask those people, what do you think about this decision? It's important, though, that your kids know that the better they give their question or the better they articulate this. So I've had parents tell their kids to use their board of directors and the kids compose this text like, hey, I'm just trying to think if I should break up my girlfriend or not. What do you think? That's not enough information. Explain to your kids. If you're trying to decide whether you should say someone or not, don't try to protect the relationship and try to persuade the person on your board of directors to give you a yes because that's the answer you want. But give them enough information. Maybe tell them, hey, listen, I've been dating this person for a while. We haven't been getting along well. I'm suspicious of them being interested in someone else. If I'm totally honest, like I like them, I don't want to break up with them, but I'm kind of getting tired of this too. Give them a little bit of background information and say, based upon your thoughts, do you have any ideas of what I should do? Should I break up? Or maybe you should try to talk to them about it and see where that goes. You will get all five people giving you good information because they will feel honored that they're on your board of directors. You're not bothering them. You're, you've already told them you're going to do this. The challenge that I have is when people just randomly text me all the time, but I do this for a living. So that's my relationship with these people. I've kind of been on the board of directors for like hundreds of people. But if you explain this well to your kids and you break it down for them in the step-by-step process, and then it ends with you encouraging them. That's the final step when they come to you. Say, hey, why don't you go ask your board of directors about this? Why don't you go see what they think? I can tell you what I think, but I think you need more than just my information on this. Some parents have told me they get nervous and scared about that because they're worried who they're going to go ask. I tell the parents, if they're asking five people, three of them adults and two of them are teenagers, there's a good chance that you're gonna, they're going to hear some of the same things you would want them to hear from you, but from a different person's perspective. And ultimately, that's what our kids need. They need to get better, one of the things they need in their lifetime. They need to get better at asking for help, articulating how they phrase that help, I mean the questions, and then they need to get that help from various types of people. On the board of directors, you don't want all the same types of people. You want people that have literally had different life experiences. Maybe they look differently uh, than each other. Maybe they don't. But you really want a diverse group of people to weigh in on your kids' lives. And obviously, you want them to have influence from other people. I love the saying, everyone has to learn from mistakes. But they don't all have to be your mistakes. Your kids get the benefit of the knowledge of five other people, some of their own age, some of their not. And they also get your information as well. Again, you're teaching your kids how to use their resources to not solely depend upon you, but you still have influence over them because you're the one that gave them the idea in the first place. 
So board of directors, teaching your kid how to be the chairman of the board. That's this week's episode. And again, it comes from the family business model that I developed after working with a lot of families throughout the years. Well, as always, you guys, thank you for following us here in Light the Fight. If you don't follow us on Instagram or, you, or YouTube, please go ahead and check us out because those are the two social medias that we're now active on. We're new to YouTube, so we'd like your subscription and help us out. And uh, also share and like this information with anyone that you think would uh, be, it'd be a good use to them in their lives. And until next time, thank you for helping us to light the fight.